0: Welcome to the Arrestor Mimics podcast with your host Ben Talon. Hola. And welcome to Arrest or Mimics. My name is Ben Tallon. This is the Original Thinking and Creative Innovation Podcast. Hello, everyone. I hope you're all good. I hope you're all feeling creative, and I hope you're all nice and juiced. Now, going into the new year, I uh, hope things are back underway. I hope those projects are coming out of the shadows. Mine are starting to emerge slowly but surely. It's given me a nice bit of time to get around and chat to a few new people who I'm going to be bringing you on future episodes of this show. I hope you enjoyed last week's show with Lisa Maltby. Uh, Go back and check it out if you haven't already heard. She does an awesome project where she's transformed these frankly unbelievable put-downs from art directors and people in her personal life. Um, And she's turned them into typographic illustrations. Really, really cool project that's deservedly gathered a lot of media, a lot of press, a lot of attention, and a lot of uh, positive exposure for Lisa's brilliant work. Um, Sheffield-based designer. So go back and listen to that. Check it out. Very fun project. Very cool stories behind each of the put-downs. Um... The numbers are getting better every week, thank you. Thank you for checking in, thank you for sharing. Uh, I'm getting a lot of love on Twitter, a lot of uh, kind feedback on the shows. Uh, the other week, Dan from Rabble, Dan Spain that is, from Rabble Studio in Cardiff, gave us a great overview of how he we went about setting up creative co-working and studio space. So I'll go back and check that out also. Also, uh, The weather in the Arrested Onimic Studio is... Southern rail bile rage. We all angry at the transport system. Yeah. We're all stranded on the news when no one's going home. Stay at home. I'm not being funny. Um some of the rage that's going on in these like rammed trains. And I think to myself, surely you can tell your employer to just do one for the day because look, you know, it's all well documented. Anyway, I'm going off down a track. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just some people, you know what I mean? Anyway. There you go, that's London, it's the madness. Um, The sponsors, thank you, my beautiful sponsors, they keep this show going for free every week. Um, Illustration Limited, my agency, brilliant illustration, animation, visual communication agency. Providing all sorts of uh, stuff going on. Moving images, GIFs, live illustration, on-location murals, fashion illustration. Really increasingly diverse agency doing a lot of stuff to cater for the uh, pace. Everything's moving with technology now, so go and check them out. Illustrationweb.com, representing over 200 artists. Uh, Cool new website, great new news section. Go and uh, show them some love. They do a lot of great work in and outside of illustration. Heartinternet.co.uk my second sponsor on board Tech Heavy brilliant people they deal with SEO that good stuff that shows you how you're ranked how your business is doing on Google where you're coming up on the search engines if someone's looking for an illustrator a British illustrator a European illustrator a Brazilian illustrator all that stuff it doesn't really matter it shows where you're ranked under each of these terms and that's why it's important to go and check out the analytics and make sure you can track where you are and how your website's performing Heart Internet are a fantastic purveyor of all that stuff so go and check Check them out, heartinternet.co.uk. Actually, today's guest, um, Tom Banks from Design Week. I met on a, a whole chain of people that I've worked with over the years of Design Week as the as the uh, the mag- magazines evolved from a print publication to a, a, a now digital-only magazine. Um, but when I first got in touch uh, with Design Week. It was through Sam Freeman, who was then the art director for the print magazine, and Sam had me doing a, a monthly column illustration for him. And that whole relationship came about first through meeting in a pub, through some mutual friends, and then over a number of months, I made sure to keep Sam aware of what was going on on my social media accounts. I kept an eye on his own personal account and the Design Week account. And I interacted and I got into the conversation and you just don't know who's watching. And I didn't know at the time that Sam was keeping a good eye on my uh, my social account. But once I became aware of that, I made sure he was tagged in the appropriate posts. I would alert him to it. I would drop him a quick text message as we became friends. And eventually I got a regular column uh, illustration and... Now, I write a monthly column for Design Week, and I do a lot of work with them. They share the podcast. They share my own work. So that all came about from just maintaining that relationship and showing a little bit of love and personal focus. So I think there's a lot to be learned in that and ways you can do that with your own work. So that is courtesy of dot Printed.com brilliant brilliant sponsor they came on board with a vengeance they were passionate from the moment i went and had a coffee with them to tell them about arrest on and why i thought they would be a good fit as my own regular printer and now they support the show every week and not just that they share some of my guests uh, projects they show some of my listeners projects they're very keen to help everyone and create a really strong creative network so go and check them out and most importantly of all they do awesome printed stuff really cool um I'm now a big advocate of sending stuff out. I was having a con- conversation in the week with a friend of mine who's just released a, b- a brand new board game called The Takeover. And she was asking for any tips in terms of media and press and anything I may have picked up along the way. she just read my book, Champagne and Wax Crayons, so she was knocking on the door to see if I had any suggestions that might help her. And what I suggested was sack off the emails When it comes to first contact, go print, go personal. Pick up the phone, ask if it's cool to send out a package and send something small. It doesn't matter whether it's a cheap flyer. Printed.com do a really great range of recycled stock for really reasonable prices in big numbers. You can just send something out as simple as an A6 flyer. Um, or you could go the whole distance. And much like myself, I send out a a promotional booklet-sized A5, which is beautiful, and again, on recycled stocks, I get a little bit paranoid about the environmental upshot of printing. And it's really good quality, and, and it does the job, and it gets my foot in the door, it shows a little bit more love. And as Rod Hunt mentioned on a previous episode of this show you're going to get 100% open rate from those people from those clients from those prospective people who might give you press and pr so keep that in mind don't overlook the old school stuff even if it means you've got to drop the numbers a little bit and go for quality over quantity so keep that in mind i think it's really important personally and that is my tip this week from printed.com go and check them out over 90 different products loads of range of finishes and uh, beautiful file all the stuff all the really all the the lovely geek stuff we all like um Something for everyone, so go and check them out, and thanks to those guys, So thanks to all the sponsors. So this week, I've got Tom Banks, editor of Design Week, coming up, uh, and we're specifically looking at the age of design, which is a fantastic project I just had to cover that Design Week have been doing, and basically it's looking at design-led businesses so what is design-led? I'm not going to tell you everything today because Tom is going to tell us all about that on the show. But essentially it's looking at big companies who have used design as a real focus throughout every like, every area of their business to great effect. And now they move with the times, they're very modern, they're very uh, in tune with their, with their customers. And Tom's going to talk all about that. Because IBM got in touch with Design Week and started this project. And it's a series of short documentary films which you can go and look at on the Design Week website, which is over at designweek.co.uk. And it's fascinating stuff. They're looking at companies like Airbnb, IKEA, and IBM, of course. And they're looking at the way they integrate design and creativity throughout. You know, their whole thinking, their whole model, they've got whole teams of people working on just the visual communication aspect of things. And it's really amazing and it's a very, very modern way of thinking. But I hope you find it as, uh, as enticing as I do because I wanted to talk to Tom more about this. So I meet him at the Design Week offices uh, just off Oxford Street and we talk through the whole project, and we're also going to talk briefly about the 30th anniversary of Design Week, which is happening this year. Um, And Tom's quite new to the role. He took over from Angus Montgomery, who was on a previous episode of the show, which you can go back and listen to on the archive, of course, at soundcloud.com forward slash Arrests or or you can subscribe on the iTunes. So I hope you enjoy today's show. I want to hear your feedback. Get me your thoughts on the Twitter, at Arrests I've been getting some cool feedback from people uh, in response to Lisa Maltby's show last week. I've been hearing about their own experiences of negative comments and put downs and how they've used negative experiences to form a really really cool creative project so keep that coming uh i'm just up for any ideas i want to hear suggestions of future guests not that many people are really getting in touch to tell me that either they should be on the show or they've got a suggestion for someone else who they feel they'd like to hear from so get those coming over i'm always i'm always open to it Check this example out. I had a student visit this studio last week, uh, Hazel Mead, who's studying at Coventry, and she got in touch asking, um, having read my book, Champagne and Wax Crayons, she got it as a Christmas present, which is awesome for me as a first-time author. Um... She wanted to come by and ask a few questions because she's approaching um, the the home straight now. She's in her final year at uni. And anyway, she turned up at the studio. We had a cup of coffee. We spent an hour talking. And it took about 10 minutes for me to realise that Hazel was quite an interesting character and could really actually give some insights from the Eye of the Storm as a student happening right now. So I said, look, can I be really cheeky and ambush ambush you for the podcast? And what had happened was she said to me... um, oh, you know, who knows, I'm loving, I'm loving the podcast, I like what it's doing, I like that it's sharing, creative inspiration, and who knows, five, ten years down the line, if I stay in this industry, if I do anything, if I succeed in my career, then maybe we'll, we can come back and do an episode, and I said, you know what, F that, let's do that right now, and she I sort of panicked a little bit, and I said, no, 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 stay with me, the conversation we're having, having it is perfect for this show, so got that coming up in a few weeks' time, and it just goes to show, um, you really just never know, staying open to those opportunities, um, and it's not just about the established designers and the and the heavyweights, um, you know, I'm more than happy to have those students on, and uh, as your regular listeners will remember, I had 10-year-old Liam Gall on the show, going back a few months, telling us about his cartoon business at school, so this show really is quite di- quite diverse, and it's all about the creative idea, no matter what the stature, but as I mentioned, today's show is with Design Week, Tom Banks, and this is one of stature, so I hope you enjoy the conversation. Well, let's talk about the Age of Design stuff because I mean, I think it's a great project, it's really impressive stuff. So, maybe um, tell us a little bit about how it came about.
1: Yeah, it, was, it started um, at the beginning of uh, last year. And um, in, like, in, initially, there was a sort of commercial reason because IBM uh, got in touch and they wanted to tell the story about how they were designing their brand and how they're helping other, uh, other companies to sort of integrate design their thinking. Um but but for us, like you know, I don't want to talk about IBM too much. Um it gave us a chance to, you know, still with, with all of our editorial integrity, look at companies like Airbnb, yeah dot uh, com, Nissan, who've got nothing to do with IBM but kind of think about uh how they've used design to uh, to engage with their audiences better. Mm-hmm. Um and a, and a lot of them are kind of um, a lot of them, a lot of them are startups, and they've had sort of design thinking from the beginning. Yeah. So Airbnb is everyone's favorite example, and we didn't talk to them, but but Uber, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I went and met Made a few weeks ago, and we filmed them. And in like three, four years or something, they've kind of completely changed the way people think about buying furniture, and they've connected with the designers better. And um, yeah, so it's um, it's also helping us to look at. This kind of client side of design a bit more, mm. where there's loads of great in-house stuff going on. Yeah, and um, you know, that's not to end. obviously like. There's lots of great freelance stuff going on, lots yeah. of great design agencies, but um, we probably don't look over the other side of the fence enough, and there are good integrated design teams at all yeah. of these companies. Of course,
0: know. and also that the benefit of that is that the, the Care, I guess a little bit more, a bit more longevity about it. They can really move with the company, I suppose. And whereas freelancers, it's a bit more mercenary.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, today I wouldn't call you guys mercenaries
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I'd say that as a positive thing. I don't, I don't even yeah. mean it in a not in a negative sense, but I mean, if a bigger, better job comes in, the, the freelancer is going to follow that. Whereas if it's someone who's who's on board for the long haul, at least you grow yeah, up together. You know. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Um. But yeah, we've um, So we've, yeah, we yeah we've kind of we kind of looked at different um. Uh, different themes. So uh, for travel, we looked at Airbnb. Um, for the home, we looked at IKEA, and that was one that that my predecessor Angus uh, looked at. So they went to uh, they went to Sweden uh, to sort of icy landscape where there was this this uh, kind of lab that thinks that it kind of asks itself questions like, what what would we do if IKE if IKEA stopped designing furniture? Mm. And they kind of. Um, yeah just tried to turn everything deliberately in his head all the time and sort of mm. rethink things so like that's their interpretation of, of I mean they've designed their business anyway but yeah, that was the story we told there um, and we've just I've just been to uh, San Francisco to HTC nice and uh, it, it was very nice <laughs> yeah good trip yeah um, and we uh, yeah so we looked at the, the Vive headset they've just made so the, the the story we were trying to tell was about um uh, yeah about entertainment and virtual reality um, and kind of designing a virtual reality pro- product from, from scratch um, and we had a go as well and it's like yeah it's it's pretty cool that's really <laughs>
0: cool so just to go back to the basic of it the de- design led I mean I, I was trying to define this in my column I mean I hope it was close to the mark you didn't edit it yeah, so I yeah. assume it was but I understood <laughs> yeah. it as as it's, it's underpinning a lot of you know all The key things in a business. I mean, you're positioned better than me to to explain that, but it seems like quite a broad description.
1: Yeah, like I mean, businesses always want to sort of differentiate themselves from their competitors and 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 get closer to their users. which is what they've always done. But um, some some businesses are looking to startups where design has been the the founding principle, and where there's a designer at board level, or Mm. uh, you know, where it's part of their DNA and they can see how those brands connect with customers, and yeah. they, they want to try and do the same thing. Um, and on the other hand, uh, businesses that have been well established, and been around for a long time, are kind of looking to inject some of that mm-hmm. into their um, into their business plan, and yeah, connect better with, with customers through through design. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like I guess it's I don't know for me it's sort of it's those startups which have really. Um, kind of shaking those things up and yeah. change the way we think about it's quite, it's quite
0: inspiring actually just the, the amount of um, small businesses and, and individuals uh, that, that are actually able to gain such a great outreach now because of the tools they've got at their fingertips and that kind of ethos and, and really not just following the model but actually going completely their own way and doing something really quite unique I think it's exciting times for that level of the, that end of the scale
1: yeah definitely um, and like you know like you, you were saying on your trip in, in, in Japan how you looked at it's made you think about retail differently You know,
0: pretty much so I mean I, yeah. I was saying when it all happened with HMV not to have a go at HMV but it, I always felt like they were very dated and they hadn't ever really tried to give something different to what you could get with Amazon and eBay and all, this, all the reasons that they were maybe struggling Yeah, you know you can get that stuff from your couch for cheaper so it's a no brainer for a lot of people but I mean, even just my parents, who never really think of it from a design perspective, but they miss that experience of being able to go to the high street and have a day out and go for coffee and whatever else. Mm. And yet I go and see these bookshops, and, and the way they've, you know, they've got these architects to design this amazing setup with all these other things going on, and it was just it was exciting. You know, it was a, something, like books that you may think would have been endangered, much the way vinyl might have been. Mm. it's shops like Rough Trade with, on a, to speak of vinyl that have, that have stayed ahead of the curve and provided something else whether it's a gig or an in-store experience for the users where they can connect I don't know, I, find, I think yeah, yeah. it's more of an, an onus now business, a pressure that they have to do that to stay ahead and stay with the times yeah. those that haven't are really starting to suffer
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, people, yeah people go to Rough Trade for, for gigs don't they, it just happens to be in a record store on one level I Yes, yeah. um, but yeah, I guess like, there's kind of for retail, yeah, designing things around experiences and then there's sort of, yeah, really integrating everything from a from a design perspective. So, like, you, the places you went to, you said, you've got all of the, the kind of cafe elements, but also there was an Apple store integrated into a bookshop. Yeah, a shoe or shine like, place, which caught me shoe off guard, but it was busy. And there were people yeah. that, you
0: know, there's, this is in the train station in Osaka, right. like a crazy busy city. So you've got people coming straight from work, haircut, shoe shine, buying a book, and getting on their yeah. trains, and then people are doing that, and it's like... It's funny you think you'd need all those things in one go. It seems like a real <laughs> crazy eclectic mix, like something a kid would do on Minecraft. It's like, you know, yeah. throw, just throw it all together. And just get shoes polished while you buy the book. But there's a lot of method there, I think. You know, I mm. hadn't seen the location of it, and the clientele that were in there, it actually just worked, and it was really odd, and mm. they've obviously listened to what's going on and what their clients need, and, the, you know, the location of it. Definitely, yeah. And I guess it goes back to what we were saying about the people that you've showcased in Age of.
1: It's it so it just making me think of the old like, uh you know, wire, um, wire
0: key cutter always next to um couplers. <laughs> and like, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> so true. To, yeah, and they're always in train stations as well. Yeah, there's one in Balham station I was noticed that's always really busy. It's in like, right. you lost your shoe, you have keys <laughs> when you're getting your shoes, with. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's really interesting. But yeah, I mean,
1: it, it obviously works kind of yeah integrating as many things as you can. Yeah. Um yeah, and and, uh, and then there's sort of retail at, um, at museums and galleries where uh, rather than just selling things, they're thinking more about um, the themes of exhibitions and the exhibitions mm-hmm. themselves and yeah. kind of licensing that in some way or sort yeah. of uh, designing things around a particular show, selling it through the shop. Yeah. And, um, and like, yeah, the V&A are overhauling, I kind of quite like their shop, but they're they're trying to make it, even more of it now and like they're, they're redesigning it it was always well positioned because it was um, just after you walked in but now um, if you go to one of the big blockbuster exhibitions you'll be able to sort of integrate with it through a retail environment as well which is, which is quite interesting yeah um, but yeah our, our retail case study was, was made who I guess have um, started online and then moved into bricks and mortar mm. and if you go to one of their stores like there's one down the road in, in Charing Cross um you yeah like walk around the store and kind of scan things that you're interested in make up some kind of profile and then you don't get pushed into buying something but mm. you can have a look later online and um and kind of yeah sort of curate things a bit i suppose yeah and also you know if you're one of those people that won't that feels like you have to see something in, in the flesh you can go and yeah. sit on it <laughs>
0: yeah it's really good it's just really kind of uh it's 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 good on just a learning level I just I mean watching the, the videos that you guys have done it was very very exciting and, and but also the passion shone through from the people particularly like space 10 the, the um, IKEA design yeah team you know it's just the, the, their their zest was quite inspiring on its own it just done its own you know definitely
1: yeah and um, and I think that I don't I don't really like that word disruptive but I, I guess they're kind of really deliberately trying to sort of rethink
0: things like that
1: and, yeah um, look at look at things that they already know about from as many angles as possible but, yeah
0: um, one of the quotes it, I put it down don't stop being rebels if you don't challenge us we don't need you anymore I thought, I thought that was really cool there you go yeah, yeah <laughs> you know it's like it's almost like it'd be disruptive or get out which is kind yeah, of yeah yeah that's against so many older heads way of thinking but quite A- exciting as well
1: absolutely yeah um, where else have we been um, uh, Nissan uh, looking at sort um, automotive mm-hmm. Um I'd quite like to do some, some more stuff like that really yeah uh, but yeah um, lots of lots of things about driverless cars and electric cars obviously but,
0: yeah which is um, I wonder when that's going to start being seen it's yeah. quite yeah there's it was, it was
1: a, a image we used to illustrate something recently which was for a Volvo driverless car and there's just a picture of a, a picture of a bloke reading a book at the wheel it's yeah. just <laughs> terrifying really <laughs> <laughs>
0: playing Candy Crush yeah that's <laughs> it
1: <laughs> There's going to be a point of a point of trust, isn't there? Where you just start doing stuff like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> not sure about it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like nervously reading at the wheel.
0: Yeah. So how's it all been received? Have you uh, have you been getting good feedback on the series?
1: Um, yeah, really good. Uh, I think, like, like I was saying before, it's it's um, it's sort of taking us over that fence and, and seeing. Uh, within businesses how they how they use and design and I think sometimes they can be quite quite closed as well because they don't always feel the need to tell those stories and, mm. and I mean we, we, we don't have, we haven't in the past had the same relationship we have with, with uh, design agencies and, and freelancers um, so it's definitely good to get that, that perspective mm. um, but yeah it's gone down really well I mean we're, we're looking we might I don't know how it's going to continue next year it might be on more of a a sort of an ad hoc basis, but mm. um, yeah, I mean we, we've only really been making sort of proper videos in the last um, sort of mini documentaries in the last year Yeah, I was uh, going to say it's
0: been like quite a new thing moving to video content but It's
1: it, great. It's, great, it's great fun as well it's, 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 I mean, it's different for the journalists as well, it's a very different way of, of doing things and um, but you also get to approach stories in, in a way you might not have done before mm. um, we've done a few sort of to camera pieces as well um, but yeah, hopefully I mean there were there were dozens more brands who have a design story to tell. Yeah. And um yeah, we're gonna think about how we're gonna to get to know them and like get get behind the doors and also seeing these places as well is, is really inspiring too.
0: Yeah. I mean yeah, I mean what was the space ten plus? I mean, I,
1: the... I didn't go to that one, I just went to that one. But yeah, it was kind of very uh scandy and bright yeah. white and yeah. beautiful sunlight quality, not not like this gloomy Oxford Street Office We're in <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, some of the lighting can be shocking. Yeah, with, with our uh, polystyrene ceiling panels.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, think it's, it's interesting, isn't it, because I think there's a lot to be learned from all people, whether it's an individual, just some, someone who's freelancing, but also up to bigger agencies. I think there's a lot of lessons in, in these, the example these people are setting. I mean like one thing I found interesting was the whole thing with Airbnb and I guess Uber's another one where it's there are no actual physical assets which is you know Mm. quite interesting really yeah um, I I mean
1: they're so big now I mean we've um, they're expanding at an astonishing rate I I met their um, head of interior design the other day who's just working on their own offices Um, and they've just opened another one in in an island Um, this is Airbnb Airbnb Yeah. yeah Um, and uh, yeah they've got uh, some, yeah, kind of beautiful really well through spaces and um, they kind of, I think they have one in Portland where uh, the building was so vast that teams were losing each other across <laughs> floors <laughs> so they've um, so with this one they've kind of rethought it so that you've got everything almost within reach uh, you know for your team and, but you can still kind of break out to other areas but yeah, I always get sort of office jealousy with, with people like that, which is, probably sounds like I am already by talking about yeah. falling down ceiling, ceiling tiles. And
0: <laughs> I had that yesterday, I was, in, um, I was in Cardiff looking at a friend's new studio set up, and he's done a great job, he's painstakingly built all this furniture himself, uh, and it's just very, very cool, and it's my current one is the best studio I've had so far, but it's somewhere behind, it's still very Wait, college, I'm at Thameside Studios, which is out by the Thames barrier between oh, Woolwich right. and Greenwich, and it's a really good site, 400 people there, but... Still very just white walls, it's still very college, which is good in its own way. Yeah. But then when you see a cool setup like wow, that, where they've got a separate down, you know, dinner area with a sofa and an like, asper turf carpet, and it all kind of just works, <laughs> and I thought, bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I need to still need to step it up. But. <laughs> so, what's the, what's the plan? And I mean, did you say it's coming to a close soon, the Age of Design series? It, um,
1: no, I mean, it will carry on next next year. I mean, we've so we finished the project. We are finishing the project that we've done with uh, with IBM, and um, so we've looked at some of their things as well. So they, I mean, they're doing all, so- all sorts of uh, interesting things in AI with this Watson supercomputer they've got that can. Which is
0: very intriguing, actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah, which has beaten grandmasters at chess, and we had it along to um, oh, sorry, we had it along to the uh, Design Week Awards, and it. Um, it was making people cocktails based on their personalities so you do you do, like, you do a psychometric test of like just a few basic questions and then it yeah. gives you this piece of paper and you yeah it doesn't physically make it it's yeah. not like a Tom Cruise cocktail movie yeah, you take it um, yeah uh, but um, we yeah I mean we we've, we've kind of shone a light on, on these businesses and we want to carry on doing the same thing so we'll we'll carry on doing it one way or another next year and it mm. will hopefully be on the same platform but it might might be on design week itself. Yeah. Um yeah.
0: It's really cool. I know and Design Week is coming to well you are at the thirtieth anniversary, right? Yeah,
1: yeah we yeah, we're in our thirtieth year, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um just, is this indicative of a bit of an a, a evolution like the whole going into you know, video and things I mean it's exciting I guess the freedom of being online gives you a little scope yeah definitely
1: no, having a small team and we we, we kind of um, yeah we're, we're always up for, for new ideas and we've got an in-house video guy who works with other magazines here as well as us um, mm. but yeah more of that um, and we I mean we're kind of uh, sort of using it as a moment to pause and Reflects, and we like we've been looking at all the archive stuff and mm. republishing some of that. We'd we'll do a bit more of that next year. And I, I interviewed the founding editor the other day. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he he had some great anecdotes of, uh, yeah, what it was like working on the because I, I worked on the print mag for a few years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he was saying that in '86 when they started, a sort of a couple of years in they um, they were running the the magazine up to Wales for it to get, to get printed. And um, the motorbike crashed on the on the motorway, and uh, he could, oh, was all right apparently. So we were allowed to laugh, but uh, yeah, no no design week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, That's bad. <laughs> and, he, and he put out pilot issue because he was a Liverpool fan that had the names of Liverpool footballers as bylines, and then he ended up bumping into some of them on holiday a few years later or something. So yeah, um, but yeah, it's like it's, it's obviously it's all changed a lot, and we we went online in twenty eleven. And um, we've redesigned three times since then mm. but um uh yeah we' still we're, we're still trying to sort of, you know be be the voice of designers and, and stay in contact with as many of them as possible and yeah tell their story through through project work but um also uh yeah like the the, the design through through politics through education mm. and, um and you know we're we're still taking like design angles on like national stories and yeah bigger things like that, So, um, but I guess we've we've always done those sorts of things, but we're just finding new ways to tell stories now.
0: Yeah, I guess the tools are more, uh, you know, certainly uh, there's a lot more to work with now. Um, It's interesting actually, because it is a really broad span of content from, I mentioned when I chatted to Angus about, I was quite impressed with the, the sort of political articles in terms of, as someone who's only just awakening to politics, because of all the shit that's gone on it's like yeah it's quite a year isn't it yeah to to say the least Um, but it's been a really good resource for me to kind of digest it in my world you know and what it means Mm -hmm. for designers and creative professionals when these things happen and your articles often come out in the newsletters are really quite a really good yeah
1: so um, we've done I guess there was all sorts of stuff around Brexit and we we went quite quite big on it and um, yeah we'll, we'll look at for any given political campaign, we we'll look at the design of the campaigns themselves, so political logos, political branding. Mm. Um, but then, whatever the event is, in, in this case, the threat of leaving Europe, how, like, how does that affect designers? And yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, we, we spoke to all of the design bodies, and um, I was speaking to to Dids McDonald the other day, who runs uh, Acid and Anti Copying Design. Mm. Um, and and um, she was making some interesting points about uh, about design right and and how that might be affected. So we're, we're kind of following all of those stories, um, and then yeah, in the U.S. elections as well. Yeah. Covered all the Trump madness. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, and then lo- lots of stuff on education recently as well. Mm. Um, I think the last thing probably being that um, art history A level has been saved. Yeah. Um, which it turns out is, is quite a big deal for designers, so lots of people didn't perhaps do a, a, a design um, degree or go to go to a, a design school, but sort of got into it another way.
0: Yeah, that's quite interesting. Yeah, i never really, yeah, I've never done, it's always rubbish with the art history stuff at college shows, it took me a while to <laughs> kind of get interested in anything other than yeah. wrestling and football, but <laughs> 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 I got there in the end, but... Um, it's it's funny, isn't it? I was I bang the drum a lot on this show about the you know the, what a, a blind, what a silly decision it was to kind of pull the art from the back in education at a time when yeah definitely this kind of stuff is going on the age of design stuff looking at how just how forward thinking these kind of world business leaders can yeah. be and yet with the other hand it's like but now we don't need art it's not important it's like oh my god and, and I think it's just such a, a linear view of what creativity is.
1: I mean that that is that's really mad There's this figure that that gets pushed around a lot that design's worth seventy billion to the, the UK economy was a was a government figure. So they've yeah. said design's really important, it's um, it's really important to the economy and it's made loads of jobs and then yeah. they've also said, but you know, perhaps we're not interested in yeah. uh in looking at it, looking at it and supporting it from a grassroots level or through education yeah. and um, yeah, it doesn't doesn't really add up to it. <laughs> it doesn't
0: it's it's absolutely madness. But but then at the same time it's exciting because do you do you think is one of the hopes with the age of design that these things are nice digestible pieces of content for people who maybe I always wonder. I think, like for example, Nikki Morgan, she's probably not a bad person at all, but maybe just a little bit of education in the right format can open their eyes. These people to, and actually show the the you know in, speak their language, so to speak. So companies like Kikia and Airbnb, mm. so they'll get because it's a big business level in a, in in one sense. You know, yeah. so hopefully, I mean, I, I certainly hope that content like that will open eyes and, and educate people.
1: Yeah, de- de- definitely. Um, it would be nice if it all the way to the top. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, we um, you know, we're in touch with uh, yeah, the likes of Design Council and, and Design mm-hmm. Business Association as well, who are always sort of good to comment on that stuff and um, kind of yeah define design and sort of yeah show show that all the things that it contributes as well yeah um, and then there's also you know we do lots of stuff around social design as well so like design for good mm. and then it's all, it's it's um it's always very easy to justify to people uh what kind of improvements it's making because they're really tangible uh, yeah um
0: I had Ken Garland on the show the the week, who's a bit of a hero of mine. Oh, right, um, right. I actually interviewed him in 2013 for a charity campaign I did for CAM about the um, emotional benefits of creativity, whether yeah. that's professional or just being into, let's say, a band and having that common cause to make mates and have those conversations that might otherwise be awkward. And so, that studied Ken. So the anti-suicide? Yeah. Male is. Yeah, it's specifically yeah. marketed at males just because it's kind of three to one ratio right, um, okay. in terms of young men who take their own life, which I found really sad. But for yeah. me personally, you know, this creativity is, is such a source of belonging and, and excitement yeah, yeah. to me each day that actually it's a real source of happiness. Um, but I, I approached Ken and he invited me around to his studio. I mean, the guy's in his mid eighties now, and he's still fired up and, and you know, Brilliant. pissed off about the banks and, and, and just right, still yeah. designing for good. And you uh, hit a little point yeah. there. But one thing I found through doing this show is actually the the people it's linked me up with. I mean, you know, us sitting here today. I mean, I approached you guys to do the column. You were you were open minded about having that on board and now through me doing this podcast you know we're all in a position to help one another and you mentioned then about the design council I think that's one of the big things that we can all action is actually strength in numbers if enough people uh, are showing evidential results of this, this positive effects and what it does for everything from business to people yeah. then I think that's how we turn the tide you know
1: yeah and um, I mean there have been, there've been lots of yeah lots of campaigns in like, around design education um, so yeah I mean, we're we always happy to sort of back things as well.
0: Yeah, which is yeah. great because it is—it's very easy to kind of stay on your own track sometimes and not look around and see what someone else is doing. But all of a sudden, when you join up three people with a similar mindset, that that you know, mm. quickly gathers momentum. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, mean, I certainly wasn't aware of anything like Space Ten before I watched these films. Mm. But like I said in my column, you know, all of a sudden I'm like, well, actually, as, a, as a, even as a one man band, this way of thinking can greatly benefit my practice. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, and uh, yeah. hopefully that will, age yeah, design stuff will have that effect on other people.
1: You know, and Ho- hopefully, yeah. and I we'll, mean, yeah. we'll, we'll, you know, we we'll sort of carry it on to next year and see where it takes us. But yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's great. So what's um, so what's in store two thousand seventeen? Uh um,
1: lots more, lots more thirtieth stuff, yeah. um, and and um, yeah, a few. Well, I don't know, but I've not on list off too many names to think I <laughs> come off. But um, yeah, yeah yeah we've got we've got a few a few more people lined up um and uh yeah we're kind of sort of looking at parity with other things and there are some other birthdays of other like you know there's a um, a big arts institution which has which is hit thirty as well so we're going to try and team up with them and um, speak to someone about how design education has changed over the years yeah um yeah i mean actually that's just just reminding me of something else we had um uh John Spencer wrote a piece for us the other the other day about his views on design education and although we've and we've kind of obviously wholeheartedly support design education he kind of said that um it was an opinion piece but he, he made the point that um that universities are are failing um designers because of um they're too bureaucratic and that um yeah. they're trying to that they're um, demanding large fees as all universities and all courses have to but um, yeah. it, you know no one can really guarantee an outcome but are, are they the most effective way sort of teaching tomorrow's designers and do they forge good enough links with business mm. and um, could you know are, are there other ways and he looked at sort of social enterprise models and how there are some things which are I think which are uh, like funded or supported by um, uh, large agencies but, you know, I suppose then you have to think about, are they going to be partisan and what's their motivation? But yeah, it's an story. interesting
0: argument, you know. And I, I mean, my kind of big pain, painful thing is is more grassroots than that i within schools. But, but I agree, I've got n- numerous friends who are tutors and course leaders just from having gone and kind of done guest lectures. And there's a lot of pain at the minute among them about working with their superiors because it's suddenly become a, a sort of client you know, a customer relationship with now with the big fees. Yeah, yeah, And a lot of attitudes are transforming to transform into more, well, I'm paying nine grand a year, so I want something in return. So there's, you know, I see there's more fractious relationships happening now between right. students and course leaders. Yeah. It's not as as kind of open and free as it, as it once was when you were paying less or even not even paying at all if you were a low-income family. Yeah, definitely. So it does change the dynamic, you know, and, and also there's huge pressure to get bodies through the door on courses, so interviews are becoming more lax, in some cases dropped, which is... Mm. morally wrong because maybe that's a point where someone would be better off being turned somewhere else or turned away if it's not for them you know mm. but if you're under pressure from someone to get people in there for, for the money what's that saying you know that's kind of dangerous route to go down
1: yeah and I guess uh, like, you, uh, like you said as well if you're you know from a student perspective if you're racking up like 30 or 40 grand in, in yeah. debt then you you yeah. You want some kind of return? I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he didn't really touch on that. but yeah. that's quite interesting as well. I suppose
0: what the what the expectation of, of students is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I think it's important. Uh, I think one of the solutions is is the link ups with industry. It mm. needs to be more emphasis on that. You know, so people can see the benefits firsthand and feel like. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe more vocational. I was, you know, the students who've done the placement year often seem to be really kind of come back glowing and, and just you know made a cast out of, carved out a rock when they come back from <laughs> a year in agency you know Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I don't know maybe there's more of an apprenticeship dynamic that I start from who knows i go on all day about all that stuff how did you start happening after? I spent about two a year, a year and a half two years working just temping agency jobs paying yeah. bills and I, I hired a cheap studio with four other friends a couple of furniture makers and other what it would be list Right. And just, you know, spent evenings and weekends building the studio uh, To okay. be honest, the style yeah. changed completely after um, after graduation. I was yeah. I was chasing trends too much looking at what was in the guardian and trying to follow that and then right, it again. was after some uh, some some harsh but fair criticism from a friend who'd been doing it two years who said you just need to get drawing again and you know not yeah. be chasing the trends and that turned everything around and
1: Then you ended and, up in the uh, Guardian. Yeah.
0: <laughs> about, yeah, exactly. About six months later I'd, I'd yeah. kind of got to the roots of what my style has become and uh, just did it in the old old school route. Gordon Smith's taking down magazine, yeah. you, know, you know, editors and art directors contacts and and just knocking on doors. Really. Do you do
1: you think that's would that be a good bit of advice? Do you think for for yeah. for graduates or people starting out? I think so. Yeah. To so be yeah. a like, perennial networker or like...
0: yeah. Oh god, yeah. Just go and be at things. Yeah. Face to face contact. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I was just saying you have to work it even if you're quiet I think there are ways to do it yeah you know it's not it's not easy as a there are no jobs really in illustration or perilously for few, yeah, so you know in my case, it was just you do seven years education and it's like right go go on your own go yeah <laughs> and that's difficult you know
1: do you do you meet many many grads then or do you...
0: i do i i'm I'm increasingly seeing more value in staying ahead of the game i mean Lauren Goodland, who I mentioned earlier, that I interviewed yesterday, she's ten years my my junior, so yeah, she's a great way to see how people coming out of uni now, who've grown up with social media, are working it, you know. So it's yeah, it helps me to stay current a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. It forces me, you know, I'm very quickly aware if I'm being owned with a new piece of technology or anything, <laughs> you know. So it's kind of important, really. Mm. I don't want to become my dad, you know, typing on one finger on eBay, like <laughs> forgetting his login. <laughs> yeah, I've seen see some of that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be a dinosaur, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I always put people on the spot with the last question, which is the shark in the tank. I ask them for a love and a hate, very loosely within the creative industries, but it's totally open-ended questions. I should have, I should have thought about this, really, shouldn't I? No, I, I, know, I, I make a point of not preparing people for it, because okay. it, you get the best answers when it's on the spot. <laughs> oh,
1: um, a love and a hate. Uh, <laughs>
0: It can be totally. Emotional.
1: I too. Yeah, I, ha- I hate a design. Hate is um, I don't like the way that digital things or programs try to kind of humanise themselves and talk in a patronising voice, particularly when something's broken, like the uh, <laughs> like the like the awes, aw, snap, like oh, a yeah. <laughs> or snapped, like tweet thing, or yeah, or like um, we started using s- Slack quite a lot, and it kind of. I don't know, it's got this really like chummy tone which kind of grates with me a little bit like told me i look beautiful or something and like it's about you know it's about like half eight in the morning and 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 i i definitely don't you know um so yeah, that would be uh, that kind of the sort of yeah that kind of really, patronising tone yeah, of voice. Yeah, so.
0: that's a really good point. Like a little, yeah, there's nothing worse than a sort of wink emoji when you're you're always having so like <laughs> yeah, <they're> I <like, laughs>
1: yes, yeah, particularly when services that stop, stop working, like, you know. Yeah. And like, yeah, we
0: transfers got one actually that uh, sometimes irks me. I'll forget to put my email, fill my email box in, and there's three yeah. bits to do: you file, recipient's email, your email, and sometimes I'll miss my own email, and it will go really. <laughs> and I'm like talking here, like automated yeah. insults. Who are you talking to? Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. I don't know how surprised all that gets through user testing, so you think there'd be some cynic like me who like... Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good answer. Um Yeah. Uh but yeah, there's like I d I don't know, I'm gonna probably so many cheesy now, but yeah, there's there's lots there's lots loads of loads of good stuff ha- ha- happening and um I th- I think uh yeah, I mean, if we're going to bring it back to what we were talking about earlier, like kind of um, startups that are that are design-led and don't really have to be introduced to kind of design thinking, is, is is really exciting, and mm. uh, and it's not going to it's not going to stop, and it's kind of forcing more established organisations to um, reconsider the way they they work, and that's sort of arguably been the emphasis for this whole age of design project. Mm. Um, and um, yeah that's what we're going to kind of carry on looking looking at next year so. yeah.
0: yeah yeah, it's really gathering some momentum so I think it's exciting times for sure and it's just that I think it's back to that whole thing of uh, sort of build it and they will come, it's, yeah. that, it's that ethos really isn't it, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. when people just going out and doing this stuff and succeeding it forces like you say those uh, people who've maybe got a, bit, a little bit comfortable with being a recognised name to think twice mm. about Sticking with what is, you know,
1: mm, and yeah, and, the, and and rather than sort of risk taking, yeah, yeah. Where do building they will come come from? Is it the baseball that baseball film? I'm talking about. No on the other I day. have no idea with the origin of that, know, is that
0: but I yeah. do like learning the origins of these kind of <laughs> phrases. It's <That's> good. <laughs> yeah, um cool. <laughs> well, okay, cool. Well, cheers. I'm all. I mean, well, just the website designweek dot co uk, right? What people can find everything you're doing.
1: Uh yeah, um, yeah and the yeah, design. We, they, uh yeah, we we sort of send out da- daily newsletters every day. You can sign up for yeah. sort of seven or so stories on there, uh, and we tweet um, at design underscore week. Yep, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, we're on, on all the other channels as well, and then cool. uh, we start doing a lot more on Instagram at the moment. So yeah,
0: brilliant. Cheers for your time. Thank you. Yeah. I find this idea of design led thinking and design led businesses a very um, very fascinating one, and I actually wrote one of my design week columns on that very issue when I was doing my research for this episode a few weeks back. Um, I thought there was something for me to take away having visited Japan and seen the way their design led businesses and bookstores operate it 's a very inspiring experience, and I thought that a lot of our retail Giants over here in particular, people like HMV who've not moved with the times and are struggling and famously almost went bust a few years back. Um, I thought they could learn a great deal from the way the Japanese businesses operated and how they integrated many other aspects into something as simple as a bookshop. So... You know, that's why I wrote the column and I wrote about that experience and how I was now, as a freelancer, bringing that into my way of thinking. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks to Tom Banks for taking a time out of a manic schedule running a publication like Design Week to talk about that. I want to hear your thoughts about Airbnb, about IKEA, about IBM and about the work that Design Week have been doing for this project and also in their 30th anniversary as a magazine let us know on the Twitter. Hit us up at Arrest Mimics. Um, thanks again to my beautiful sponsors, Illustration Limited over at illustrationweb.com, Heart Internet at heartinternet.co.uk, and printed.com. Printing giant, but also working with the independent creative to promote the industry and support this show. So thanks to all those crucial sponsors, keeping the show free weekly for you guys. Get me your thoughts on absolutely anything. Get me your suggestions for future episodes. Tell me if you want to be on the show and tell me, if not, who you want to hear from on the show. Thanks, as ever, guys, for listening. The numbers are going up all the time. Um, There's a bunch of you who are very loyal, very regular listeners who always give me feedback, and it really does mean a lot. So keep that coming. Thank you so much. And welcome to all the new people coming on board, which uh, the numbers are really going up. So hello, and I hope you're enjoying what we're doing here check in next week Um, we've got awesome guests coming up as ever going to be hearing from what Katie drew Uh, Katie has an awesome naive beautiful organic style been around to chat to her we're going to have Arsenal photographer David Price got some stories funny funny guy got some cool stuff coming up All sorts coming up for you, so do keep checking in. Subscribe on the iTunes, and please do leave a review if you get a moment. It does not take a few seconds, and it means a lot for this show. really helps newcomers buy into the idea that we're doing something cool, which I hope you'll agree we are. So thanks again, guys. Take care, have a good week, and I'll speak to you next Tuesday.